Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Well, I was, I was going to say what well, would be, I don't know, number of dates or number of time that like Kim is dating someone that you'd be like, you haven't slept with them by now? <laughs> no, well, that's different. You know? once, you're, once you're dating someone that's, you know, your You've business. You've definitely said that to me multiple times. What? You've not, you haven't slept together yet? Oh, okay. <laughs> No way. No, I just want to make sure the sex is good. <laughs> That's all. Don't sleep over too many times if the sex is no good. Well, I'd agree yeah, with that. That's a good rule. Yeah, that's a good one. <laughs> Listen to your grandma, we Kim. both agree on. <laughs> no, we both, we yeah. both agree on that. <laughs> Shooter's Gotta Shoot. I am your co-host, Erica Sparrow. And I'm Molly Demillier. And we've got a very fun episode for you this week. Yes, this was one of my favorite interviews I think that we've ever done. Oh yeah, hell yeah. of a good time. Uh, we have the two ladies from Excuse My Grandma podcast shedding some wisdom. Yes. Uh, hilarious, fun time. But before we get to our guests, we have a sponsor, people. Yeah, we do. Uh, Sunset Lake CBD, guys. You know it. You love it. I know you're already shopping it, but they already gave us a a really great deal another uh deal on top of what they're already doing with sgs20 at sunsetlakecbd.com but for the month of september only we have an additional deal on um flower goods with the code flower power you get 50 percent off all products so definitely check it out over there yeah flower power all lowercase one word on anything that is the actual bud so use it sunsetlakecbd.com and also sgs20 for an extra 20 percent off we love their stuff. We just got some more gummies. And yeah. we love the melatonin CBD combination for nighttime. It's the only way your girl's sleeping these days. My anxiety's <laughs> pretty high. <laughs> yeah. Get yourselves fixed up. Go, go, go to sunsetlikecbd.com and use our guys. They're the best. Also, our vibrator was not claimed. <laughs> so I know. We have another review winner for the vibrator prize. Molly, let them hear it. Uh, so it's Gas Crazy Gal. She says, fun and informative. Always makes me laugh and always learn something. Well, that's what we're trying to do, Grass Gas Crazy Gal. So mm-hmm. uh, sauce it into our DMs and we'll get you a vibrator on the way so you can have a lot more fun. Yeah. You can learn more things. Yeah. <laughs> they do have an instruction <laughs> manual in there. Yeah. And uh, as always, guys, join the Patreon to help support the podcast. It's patreon.com slash shooters got to shoot. We have a new $3 tier that you can just join to support and be a part of the conversation, but you won't get the extra episodes. Uh, but Guys, it's only buying us like a coffee every month, and we really appreciate it. Yeah, and I will say the conversation has been spicy. Yeah. Uh, so have, definitely check that out. There's a whole convo thread about the rules, uh, so if you want to join in for that. Yeah. Definitely worth getting in there. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. <laughs> uh, well, without further ado, let's do it. Someone Well, I am so excited to get to our guests this week. They are the co-hosts for the Excuse My Grandma podcast. And also an entertainment journalist. It's Grandma Gail and Kim Merstein. Woo-hoo! Welcome to the show. Hi, guys. So excited grandma to have you. Grandma, let out a Yeah, get loose, Grandma. We're going to rock. <laughs> well, we are so, so excited to have you guys. We recently did your podcast, and we had such a great conversation and so much fun chatting with you that... We're like, we have got to have them on at Shooters Gotta Shoot. Thank you. Yeah, we had so much fun having you guys on. You after We you talked were... about it forever. Yeah. <laughs> you really... Shooting my fight. shot. <laughs> shooting my shot. Yeah, I was shooting my shot all over the place. No way. <laughs> there you go. Wait, are with, you with married? Poppy David. Yeah, oh, yeah, okay. with my oh, grandpa. Okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah, please. <laughs> we're not changing partners now. <laughs> I was like, what did we inspire? <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> Just fun. Just fun. <laughs> Wait, so what, what shots were you shooting? Can we ask? <laughs> 
Well, actually, nothing, nothing essential. We just did what I wanted to do. That was the shot. <laughs> <Okay. laughs> we went to the we went to the restaurant I wanted to go to, not where he wanted to go. Look at that. Yeah. Okay. Taking charge. <laughs> All for that. <laughs> I feel like your relationship, you were always the one taking charge, essentially. That's so true. That's true. It wasn't a huge adjustment to shoot your shot. <laughs> what, what about you, Kim? Any any shots taken since we've last talked? Yeah, well, I'm in a relationship now, so I guess oh. a few shots were taken. Congrats. Um, thank you. We'll, we'll see how it goes. <laughs> Hopefully good things. Um, but, yeah, that's the biggest change, I guess, with me on the dating front. Um, most shots, though, I feel like were taken by him. I didn't really initiate it. Okay. Is he the one who defined the relationship? I think so. It was kind of mutual, but I would say more so that he did it because... Actually, he was more into you. <laughs> <laughs> you can say like it. Pretend, at least, yeah, at least in the beginning, I think we would both probably say that where he was like always the one being like, let's be exclusive. Let's, mm. this is ridiculous. We should be boyfriend and girlfriend because I was definitely the one a little bit more hesitant. I've talked about it before. And I think with the four of us, like that fear of there's always someone better out there, especially mm-hmm. with dating apps and stuff. I was just such a, I don't know, like a wimp. Oh, not a wimp. Maximizer. <laughs> a slave to that mindset, right. you know? So, yeah. but I think I've broke out a little bit being more sensitive. Well, it's also so hard coming right off of summer, you know, like to, you don't really want to settle down during summer. That's supposed to be when you're free and just having a good well, time. Hot girl summer. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you, you had a good, you're having a good time. Oh yeah, of course. <laughs> you're having a good time. <laughs> Trust me. She, she's not relaxing. <laughs> I like it. You're like, I know where she, when she comes and yeah. goes. All right. She thinks she's I'm not paying busy. attention, but she, she's out there. <laughs> well, that answers one of our first questions was current relationship status. So you are newly in a relationship and, uh, Grandma Gail, how long have you been married? 58 years. Ooh, so I'm in the same wow. relationship. 58 years in two weeks. Wow. So that'll be that'll be a very... But int- who's counting? <laughs> but who's counting? Congratulations. It's a very long... Thank you. Very long time to be with one person. I'm not sure that we're supposed... Anyone's supposed to be together this long, but we've been lucky. So that's it. <laughs> we, ignore, we ignore each other's failings. And that's the way to get... That's the way we stay together. <laughs> Yeah. Wow. 58 years. That's a really long time. (laughs) Yes, Uh, it is. Can you tell us how you and your husband met? We met through families. I think we discussed, we met through families, mutual, uh, my uncle and uh, his mom had lived together in Manhattan um, in a a similar neighborhood. And um, when they got married, they continued their friendship. And uh, my husband was at their 25th wedding anniversary when um, my aunt went over and said, you know, I have a great niece. Maybe you should take her out. So uh, the rest is history. All right. so- he called and, and uh, we went out a few times. We we didn't hit it off in the beginning. We didn't we didn't hit it off in the beginning. Uh, he was very, very intellectual. And I was not. And, uh, <laughs> no, I was smart, but I was not a bookworm. I was okay. more into the football and into, uh, to, into fun things. And he was very much the student. And um, we went to a Broadway show, wow. which was written by somebody who was in his college class at Harvard. And um, we went to this show. And after the show, I said, this is the dumbest show I've ever <laughs> I've ever seen. I mean, it was just beyond. Everybody was hanging in the closet, and they were. It, it was just bizarre, and uh, it was very sixties at that time. I don't know if the guy was on LSD or whatever he was on, but it wasn't Hilarious. normal. And um, uh, he said, "Oh, I don't understand. I think it's really good." And I said, "Well, I don't know. There's something wrong with you. You got to better think this through." And <laughs> We went, I went home, he went home, and I never heard from him. And oh. a couple of weeks later, I guess, no, maybe a month later, he called, and I said, what happened to you? I, you know, nobody never stopped calling me. I mean, I could understand <laughs> if he didn't get another date, but I always had a date. And he said, well, my parents went to see that show. And 
uh, my father, who was very smart, said this was the dumbest show I've ever seen. And my mother, of course, loved it. She was the intellectual of the group. And he said, it's my, he really respected his dad. And he said, well, if my father didn't get the show, maybe that girl I was going out with three weeks ago wasn't so stupid. And the rest is history. Wow. We okay. Got, so Amazing. I just thought you were going to be like, he was boring. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, was no like, he wasn't boring. This elaborate of a boring. story. He was never boring. He was never boring. He was it, it was different. He was different than the normal guys I would go out with. Sometimes Much different is good. Yeah. yeah. Or now I'm like, maybe I should get my aunts to shoot shots for me. Yeah. Does that work? Exactly. Like, delegate it to someone else, you know? It's well, technically it works, still me. It but. works. I think family still works uh, mm-hmm. for fix-ups. I think it's a great thing if you can, because you sort of know the background of people. I've often discussed well, yes this with no, Kimmy. Because we, yeah, we've talked, we did an episode on family fix-up. Right. Episode nine. But I remember this one because we had Jill Cargman on who did Odd Mom Out on Bravo. And she told a really funny story because her grandmother set her up um, on a date with a guy who ended up being gay. And he was like, I don't want to tell my grandma that I'm gay. So let's just like pretend that this is a normal date. And so sometimes your family doesn't know you. Well, that's (laughs) true. That's true. That's true. But but nine times out of ten, the family gets it. Because then like not to go on to her story too much, but the second date her grandma set her up on, she was like, fine, I'll do it one more time. That guy, she was like, okay, just tell me if you're gay right now, because if like if you are, I want to know. And he was like. Um, what? No, I'm not. And then they ended up getting married and they have kids and it's like a very successful relationship. Wow. So you do never know. Yeah. I was just going to say what's nice about family is, as you can easily pretend like, ugh, I hate it when they do this. Yeah. <laughs> and really you're like, I told them to do it. Uh. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> exactly. It depends on the family member though. Like a mm. lot of our listeners know I have some family that I don't really get along with. And I'm like, they might set me up with a hitman. <laughs> like no one ever sees me again. <laughs> I go out. <laughs> um, so Grandma Gail, when it came to the rest of your relationship with your husband, would you say, you know, he was the one to really take the lead and, you know, define your relationship status that you were exclusive and be the first to say, I love you? Or, or did you take more of the lead on those bigger things? No, I, I well, first of all, the relationship was very fast. We didn't hang around for years having conversations whether we we're going to live together. There was no conversation. We weren't living together. Mm-hmm. So um, we knew each other a few months. And uh, I think he and I, you know, this was a natural time uh, to get engaged. I mean, we just got engaged. There was he, he finished graduate school, I finished college, and we got engaged and got married a, f- a few months later. But that was the norm at that time. Mm-hmm. I, in the early 60s, you didn't, first of all, you didn't live together in most cases. So you wanted to go the next step, and the next step was get married. And uh, there was no conversation. I actually thought, uh, in retrospect, when we've t- t- talked about that, that is not great. And I wouldn't recommend that. I mean, we, most of my friends who did the same thing, because we were coming out of the same kind of society at that, uh, in those years, um, got divorced. Mm. And I think we're one of the few couples that are really still together, whether because we ignored each other's <laughs> failings, which we probably did, uh, because you can always pick on something that you don't like about somebody. And uh, you just have to somehow look at the good things. If the good things outweigh the bad things, then you've got a relationship. If it doesn't, uh, then it breaks up. But uh, I think that he was definitely the one who initiated getting engaged. I mean, would I have gone out with him for a longer time if he had not come up with that? Probably not. Because wow, okay. you used to have it, you know, I think that there was a timeline. You didn't, you weren't going to sleep with the, with the gentleman and or the kid or the guy or whatever or the girl. And so the next thing was the, uh, to get engaged and then get married. And then some had sex, some didn't. And uh, whatever it was, it, it usually worked out. Um, the families would never have tolerated you living in an apartment together. That was just, that wasn't an acceptable thing at that moment in time. Mm-hmm. So maybe five years later, that was all right. Like in the 70s? Now, even the late 60s. I think oh. the Beatles brought in a whole, <laughs> a whole different way of thinking. But we're talking about in the early 60s, it was still very much a straight-laced, puritanical society in America. There was very little sleeping around. And if it was, you were labeled. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, that girl. And you, you, that reputation stuck with you forever. And um, so it, it was very different. And then it, it quickly changed. Yeah, I mean, there's definitely still 
more traditional families today that you hear of every so often where like the first kid goes and gets engaged or is about to and moves in with the boyfriend and you know all hell breaks loose and Mm -hmm. even my family one of my oldest siblings the first to move in with a partner my parents were like my mom's uncle was a priest and she was like please just at christmas don't talk about it in front of the priest (laughs) like please like no one will be okay with this (laughs) but i'm not sure that the living together works out any better than the not living together i'm still out on that i think it's fine to have a, um, a relationship to a point where you're living for a few months if it drags on and there's no relationship that keeps to go to the next length what's the point well, people, I think people view it as a test to see whether they would want to get married, and live together yeah. because they don't want to just, you know, the day they get proposed, suddenly move in and then be like, oh, my gosh, I hate like this about the way that they live. You know well, what I mean? Well, that's why I so think it is better now. I yeah. think it is. But I don't think it should be an endless open situation. Either it's right. going to go to the next step after you've lived whatever time whether it be six so do you months set that time before like hey we're i'll live with you for a year but when the lease is up like i yeah. better have a ring yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> no I, th- I think you have to be serious about it especially yeah. the girl I, I from the woman's point of view i still say it's a man's world i don't care what anybody you can shoot your shot you can do all that the men is still shooting their shots long after the women are old and gray <laughs> so ne- man never gets old they always look good as long as they can drive a car um the truth is i think that in your own mind you have to have a limit and whether it be six months a year two years whatever it is that you've decided that should be the the breaking point the relationship has to either go somewhere or it 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 stagnates it really doesn't go anywhere living together is not the same you could still end up getting married after you live together and say oh my god i missed that point how did i do that we live together a year because you're really on different behavior like because you think you filter yourself a little bit i think you do i think you do filter what do you think well i think people can only be on their best behavior for so long yeah well like any roommate i've had there never was problems in the first couple months and then after that suddenly there was problems until she moved in with me (laughs) (laughs) yeah now we're married yeah i think too uh being married you were easier to live with together you have a good good relationship as far as being roommates and i think that is also very important when you're with a, a you know a person of the opposite sex or the same sex however you want to do it but it has to be something that you say well is this going to be what i want forever and give yourself in your head you don't have to write it down on a piece of paper but say you know i got to give him a year and then i'll think about it and i just think you don't know where you're going to be in a year from now so how can you you know well that's just it's an imaginary number i'm not saying you have that's what i'm saying you don't write it I guess down it can change. you you can all of a sudden go out with a guy for four months and he's going to say i want to get married and and let's get let's get on with it you know nope i wrote down a year in my phone so we gotta <laughs> yes, wait that's, that's exactly right Kimmy. Yeah. <laughs> i do agree that you know regardless of the timeline there should be some sort of plan Um, you know, because I think especially as it just living expenses get so much higher, I think a lot of people move in together in places like New York and other cities to save on rent because people are sleeping together sooner. So it's like, well, we're commuting back and forth between my place and yours. I sleep here like two nights a week. We might as well just live together. It'll be cheaper for both of us. And it's like, that's not a reason. Like you need to be wanting to actually build a life together. And I think a lot of people fall into that trap. I agree because that is a disaster because if a relationship breaks up, where are you? Right. <laughs> then then yeah. there's a fight over the television or over the coffee table. So this is, yeah, it's really not a good idea to just move in with somebody to save the rent. It's It's got to be really a serious, a serious relationship. Uh, well, I'm really curious. What sparked you guys to sh- start your show? In the beginning slash middle of the pandemic, I moved out of New York City and in with my grandparents in Palm Beach, Florida, and was very single, actively going on dates, pretty much serial dating because I was fresh out of a relationship. And I would come home and my grandma and I would debrief about things or before I would go, we would like pick an outfit out together. Essentially, we were both dating the guys that I was dating. (laughs) And she's like the typical outspoken Jewish grandma, always inserting her opinion. So I was like... There's a lot of 
comedy here i think people would want to be a fly on the wall in this relationship so we started the podcast and then brought it back to new york with us and bring on different speakers and people in the wellness romantic entertainment dating spaces and kind of have We've had fun. Yeah. And I, and I got a job. <laughs> I have a, a, bo- a boss and I have a job. <laughs> so, Am I a good boss? You're the boss. <laughs> Am I a good one, though? You're very strict. You're very it's strict. It's like she's the boss of the podcast and you're the boss of her dating life, is what it sounds yeah. like. Oh, well, yeah. I, I, I would like to be, but she doesn't let me. Trust me, I would like to be that boss. <laughs> so what do you think of her new guy? Uh, he's a very nice young man. I've only met him casually, but he seems very, very nice. Well, now so, it's an official. Uh, it Got to do it like I leave a it up to my. Yeah. Well, it's no, it's not official that it's going to be forever. No, it's but official just... now that we like that. I think he's a really super mm-hmm. guy, and and she should have fun with it. Okay, we'll decide in six more months. Yeah. <laughs> Is she allowed to have fun with him at your house or? No. No, no. <laughs> no. She's in her own house now. <laughs> We're over there. We've all had our vaccines and our boosters at this point. So I was like, how chill is Grandma Gail? Um, <laughs> yeah. How cool is she? <laughs> all right. Not that cool. <laughs> um, so I imagine there's probably things in dating that you guys don't totally see eye to eye on. Are there some things that initially come to mind? Yeah, I mean, I think there's a lot of things. You were saying there's not as many things, but... um, Let's hear. Well, I think one is definitely, like, we both allow people in the beginning at least three dates to kind of make our final judgment call. Like, neither of us think it's a good idea to go on one date and then, like, completely get rid of the person if we're iffy about it. But I'm very indecisive, so I feel like I will linger on longer because I don't want to hurt anyone's feelings or I'm not sure yet. You are always like, why don't you just stop texting them? Why don't you just like tell them that they're X, Y, Z in kind of a mean way? Like, <laughs> well, I'm definitely the mean one. No, I, I, I actually I do believe that you give somebody more than one chance because I think anybody yeah. could be nervous on the first or second date. By the third date, if it's not working say goodbye uh i would never and don't string it along and don't keep texting because the constant texting just gives somebody encouragement and you really it's unnecessary this is part of the issue that i hate about the the phones and all this kind of um uh media stuff that i don't believe in the instagram that they have to see every ounce of what you're eating and what you're wearing and uh, it's just crazy it's like something so it's very foreign to me so i and i don't really love it The other thing that we disagree on, I feel like with dating is like the speed in which you go into a relationship with sleepovers, especially like I I tell you about tons of friends where I'll be like, oh, yeah, she slept at his house three times this week. And you'll be like, didn't they meet last week? And I'm like, (laughs) yeah. And and that I don't like that. I don't like I'm not a lover of the hookup. That to me is uh, from a from my perspective is not a good thing. But there are enough guys that you can end up going out with that you like and go out on a few dates, then that's all right. Then have a sleepover. But a guy in a bar who you take home, that does, first of all, I'd be a nervous wreck. And um, I don't recommend it. So I, I don't love that part of the dating scene. Well, I was, I was going to say what well, would be, I don't know, number of dates or number of time that like Kim is dating someone that you'd be like, you haven't slept with them by now? <laughs> no, well, that's different. You know? once, you're, once you're dating someone that's, you know, your You've business. You've definitely said that to me multiple times. What? You've not, you haven't slept together yet? Oh. Well, that, <laughs> no way. <laughs> no, I just want to make sure the sex is good. <laughs> that's all. <laughs> Don't sleep over too many times if the sex is no good. Well, I'd agree yeah, with that's that. That's a good rule. Yeah, that's a good one. <laughs> Listen to your grandma, we both agree on. We both agree on that. <laughs> Um, Kim, do you think when you guys talk about dating, there's like a generational disconnect sometimes? And like, what do you think the biggest thing would be? One is definitely, we kind of are touching on them right now, but definitely like the sexual component, as we were just saying. Um, I think things can get intimate way faster now than they did generations ago. So I feel like I've had feelings for people or have had intense relationships pretty quickly in the scheme of things let's say a month in or something where maybe a generation or two ago you would be like but you're slower goes or you're not married yet like how could you have these feelings but for us like you get really deep with people now because people talk more about 
maybe previous trauma or are more open about their emotions now you get involved sexually sooner so relationships can be deeper I think quicker now than they were then um and then all the other thing is just like texting and communications I think we talk about I try to describe how dating apps work and how social media works um but there's only so much you can describe and not actually be in it and be the one swiping and know what it's like to feel like transactional in a relationship so I think that's probably the biggest difference at the end of the day I agree with you that is a big difference because I don't get it but so and I still don't get it so the dating app thing to me is very foreign but it's the way people meet today and date today and I get and I accept it but do I like it no no I was gonna say I'm curious Kim what your biggest like frustration is with dating and Grandma Gail, when you were dating, what was your biggest frustration? Probably people who don't know what they want, but they're still dating you anyway. So you mm. could be months into dating and they could be like, yeah, I never really wanted a relationship. And it's like, well, why are we dating then? And yeah. not to say you can't date and have fun, um, but I think the lack of com- people who can't communicate is my, my biggest frustration because you should be on the same page pretty early on about what you both want because no one likes wasting time. It's stupid. Uh, I, I really never had any, very much frustration. No, that's fine. Because uh, we, da- we dated, we dated on, a, on, a, on a different level. It was a much more naive uh, simple kind of dates. You went to a movie, you went to a coffee shop, you had, you know, you had a hamburger and, uh, and a milkshake and you said, okay, I think I'm going to get married. I mean, basically that was the short of it. I mean, you didn't, and you never analyze the other person. That was really not, I didn't even discuss it. I never even knew they had a feeling about getting analyzed. I think it was more about actually meeting families and seeing if we could all get along. That was also a very integral part of dating in those days. It was much more family-oriented. We were in a small knit communities, and um, we hadn't ventured out. None of us were living in our own apartments. We went from our families to our to our marital beds, basically, and um, for the from the man too. Most guys at, at 21, 22 didn't have their own apartments. They live with their families. I mean, meeting families now is such a huge milestone. That. Is that, yeah. was it still as big of a deal back then or was it just very it, casual? Well, it was a, it was a bigger, it was a big deal always. But I think what it was is your relationships were into a much shorter period of time. You would go out for a couple of months or you met, now a lot, let's face it, a lot of us met in high school, a lot of us met in college. So they was not a big scene after college uh, that you really were out dating. So when you went on it, I always like this example, like when you were going out on a date, someone would come to the door and pick you up and have to shake your father's hand. Exactly. So it was pretty much date one or date two where they're meeting the parents. And I feel like with the pandemic, we totally reverted back to this because a lot of people were living at home. And if they were dating, they were meeting the parents really quickly. Right. right. So I feel like that's now a similarity. Like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, we we would never consider having a, a date pick us up somewhere else other than our own house uh, where we lived with our families. So, you know, that is a much it's a much different scene now. So uh, and like it would be rude if they were like, meet me at this restaurant. We wouldn't do that. That would that would never be thought of. First of all, no guy would ask a girl in those days, "I'll meet you at a, at the restaurant." They, you know, they would come to the door, pick you up, say hello to your parents. You'd get in the car. They'd get out of the car. I'm gonna make the new guy I'm doing do that. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm I think I think it's it's nothing wrong with it. I mean, it it was a, a ritual that we did. It was very much the same as going to your parents and asking for the hand of marriage. There would never be a time where the, the, a guy wouldn't go to the girl's father and say, can I have your daughter's hand? Whether the father said yes or no, that's another thing. But they, it was part of the courtesy of dating, I, I would say. It was a ritual. Yeah, I was going to say the like uh, older movies, there was always this like guy that pulls into the driveway and just honks and didn't get out of the car to come to the door and that was the big like don't he dare <laughs> you know exactly that was the font so yeah like you know what i mean like that was like what a bad boy that's a bad boy and he's wild exactly <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> i feel like whenever i've talked to older generations about dating the women especially always say, you know, dating was so much fun. I always loved to be able to go out with a guy on a Friday night. Mm-hmm. And like, that was like the highlight of a weekend. And I feel like it when was. you talk with 
our generation, everyone's like, this is my nightmare. Like, (laughs) I do not want to do this. And like, is that, do you guys feel similarly? Well, yeah, I I actually never thought about that. That's interesting because I have a lot of friends who are like dreading that they have to go out on a date. And I was do when I was really in the thick of it. I'm sure you, you remember. Were. I was bit. I was like the extreme, which like I could talk about this with my therapist. But like I was going on like six days dates a week, which right. like oh. different people with different all different people, <laughs> and they were all nice. And like the next week would be six different ones. Like, and I think there were that. Then I got dating burnout. Like, yeah. I think if I was doing one or two a week of like pretty much the same people I wouldn't have it's supposed to be fun like that's literally the reason that we date it's supposed to be a fun pastime so I think that I understand burnout but only when it's in that way like well I I, you know what dating is always a little nerve-wracking because mm -hmm. you're meeting a new person I don't care when you were dating whether it be in the 40s 50s 60s 70s 80s 90s whatever I, I think meeting somebody new Mm-hmm. And, and sitting down over a glass of wine or over whatever you're 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 doing um, is is stressful because you're yeah. meeting somebody that's out of your comfort zone. How, um, but I I think dating when I dated was we used to have dates for lunch, dates for dinner, <laughs> um, dates that well, uh, there was no sexual implication. When you also no, I think a big thing was kissing somebody. We didn't even kiss on our first, second, or third date. That was already, you know, that was like a month into something. You maybe would kiss them goodnight. Wow, uh, it was it was very different, and um, you know, a lot of was the sexual revolution changed all that. Yeah. And so you can't you you can't look back and ever say that's ever going to come back again. Yeah. but I feel like with like getting nervous for first dates, it's with anything that you get nervous for, right. it's all practice. So I right. think the more you go on. But I, I felt that way, which is why I was with the first dates easy. It's kind of like an interview. You have I have the same five jokes I'm going to make. I have my whole shtick, but that's not a good way to go about it necessarily. But I guess it's a way to get rid of the nerves. Second date is when you get nervous because it's like this is when you're actually real. Like the first mm-hmm. one's an interview. You see if you like the person's personality. But when it comes to the actual connection and being present, I think that's when it gets difficult. And it shouldn't be that difficult. You should look forward to, to being with somebody, I think. I mean, that's that's the whole thing. I mean, it it should be, oh, gosh, I'm looking forward to yeah. going out now and 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 seeing him again uh, if it becomes if it becomes a chore wait till you're married 58 years then <laughs> it becomes a chore yeah. but i think when you're when you're just going out or even the first several years of being together uh, it should be fun it should be a giggle and and uh you know other than maybe some financial pressure that you end up having i don't think other things should get in the way and you should just enjoy each other yeah, I mean, I I get what Kim was saying though of like that second date kind of anxiety because I always go into the first date with zero expectations because everybody's had mm. so many just disaster dates, and then it almost like surprises you when you're like, oh, I do actually want to go out with this person again. I had a good mm. time, and so it's like, oh my god, like how do we do this? So we have no playbook here. Yeah, the stakes are higher because you might lose someone at that point that you actually feel like you could have a connection with versus having nothing to lose the first time around. Well, see, this is all that thing of looking out for who's better around the corner. I think you have to. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that goes back to that psychology. You have to go at it, go, uh, you know, give the guy a second or a third or the girl a second or third chance. If there's no chemical chemical reaction, excuse me, no chemical reaction and no little butterfly stirring. I, I I wouldn't the I tingle. Wouldn't That's what the we tingle. call it. We yeah, have the tingle. As you if you don't tingle. have the tingle after a couple of dates, it's it's really not worth keeping it up. That's why I think three is it's like the tiebreaker because I've had yeah. the first date was great. I'm looking forward mm-hmm. to the second one. I go on the second one and I'm like I'm not into this at all. And then the debate's right. like, so do you go on the third one? You're like one yeah. time it was yeah. great, one time it wasn't. Third is the tiebreaker, you know. Yeah, mm-hmm. you gotta give it. You gotta give it a third chance. I said this to Kimmy a lot this winter, and then after the third, if you if nothing's there, just say goodbye. I think we talked about this a little bit on your guys's podcast, but Grandma Gail, were you ever worried about sort of this like fear of a better option that we've been talking about that someone else better might be around the corner? No. Uh, I can honestly say I never thought that way because I knew right away that my husband-to-be was going to be my husband. He was the right person for me. Uh, maybe not the right person for my best friend, but he he 
he marked the boxes. He checked all the boxes that I needed. Forget the romantic end of it. He fulfilled exactly what I wanted in, as a partner. And, and that was very important to me. I was less romantic than he was, actually. I was very, very uh, down. To, I knew exactly what I wanted. And if it wasn't going to be him, it was going to be somebody similar to him. I was not looking for, um, uh, I guess, Rock Hudson. <laughs> I was looking for somebody who I thought was smart, could make a good living, and we could I could have children with. That was my 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 goal, and it was very simplistic. It was simplistic then, and it's simplistic now. I have no other expectation, and I wanted a family. I wanted to have a good life, and I wanted somebody interesting to share it with. If he wasn't smart and I couldn't talk to him, of course, he always says we never talked about anything other than our children or, or uh, whatever, decorating a something room. Um, <laughs> but I, it's tr I needed to have an intellectual stimulation at home, and I had to have that. So um, it, was, it was very clear cut. I knew exactly what I wanted. Yeah, you need someone to take you to some bad plays every <laughs> once in a while. Yeah. Exactly. Mix it up, you know? Yeah. Well, no, we only, uh, the truth is, very often I go to my own play now. <laughs> Unfortunately, I haven't seen a play in 18 months. Yeah. But uh, I oh, you still... Mean you go by yourself, you mean? I used to go by myself yeah. all the time to you. the theater. <laughs> yeah, I, I love the theater. So when my husband would like to watch a ball game, and that was a, that's another thing. If somebody really doesn't love doing exactly what you want, as long as it doesn't bother you do your own thing you're yeah, a mature person uh, and so that I I ended up being very self-sufficient um, but luckily he did like to go to theater with me not as much maybe as I like to but um, so I let him watch a ball game and I went myself I had a lot of good times well, it's so important to have your own things, too, in your own Correct. space. <laughs> Correct. Correct. Well, that's true. That's true. No matter no matter how long you're married, you still need your own space. Yeah. Or nice and, that there wasn't pressure that he was like, oh, you're going to the theater? I don't want to go, but take the kids. Like, no. It also was nice to be like, yeah, you can well, go I by yourself. Well, I never did it when the kids you know? were small. Oh, I cannot. Okay. No, I have to. I have to think about that. That that became much later. Uh, you know, when we were just our we were empty nesters. When my kids were home, we had dinner home. Five nights a week, my kid, the kids Friday night, the kids would go out or whatever they would have their activities, and we participated in all their activities. So we were a family unit. Mm -hmm. There was no such thing as he wasn't going to be part of the uh, of the basketball practice, or I wasn't going to be bringing the cupcakes. That was that was it. You had to do it, and uh, that's what we signed up for. But you see, that I think is a very big difference now with young people. I'm not sure they're ready to to sign up for those kind of mundane things and they get upset with their lives and mm -hmm. unfortunately life is not that exciting <laughs> once you're out of the single scene <laughs> and nobody seems to understand that it's if anyone didn't want to settle down that is giving them even more <laughs> that's fine that's fine it's not i i actually think somebody has to realize that because yeah. otherwise you're right into a divorce court mm -hmm. i mean it's still changing a diaper making a dinner putting the pasta on washing the salad mm -hmm. and making the bed but that doesn't have to be the only things that you do you can it was 90% of the day. No, no, I'm saying, I'm saying it's 90% of your though, day. Like, oh, well, yeah. No, but you're talking yeah. about much later. But I think when mm -hmm. you're young in your 20s and 30s, it's all about family. And it's all about commitment onto your jobs. You know, it's all, this is what you do now. I mean, uh, you know, I, I don't know if, if your fam parents both worked, at, you know, on their own. But, uh, you know, many times they're busy all day long. You come home and you make dinner and then you want to just chill out for an hour. And uh, that's basically your alone time. Yeah, my poor mother was a first grade teacher. So then she would come home yeah. to more screaming kids. And she would say, my ears are tired. We're going to play a little game. <laughs> Quiet game. <laughs> One hour. But she, but she knew her role. Yes. That was her role to play. And, and, you know, you're dealt a certain cause. You play it out. Yeah. And if you don't like it, see, that's where the living together hopefully works today, that you see yourself in the roles you're playing. And if it doesn't work mm -hmm. out in, in these situations, then you just move on. It's heartbreaking sometimes, but you do. Yeah. And I mean, it's tough, though, because I would imagine kids changes everything about your relationship. Oh, definitely. Well, no question. Kids change everything all your life because yeah. kids kids grow up and become big kids. So you always have kids. But it does. I mean, but isn't that what all 
couples basically, not all, I shouldn't say all, but most couples want to have a family mm-hmm. and have the same experiences and love and, and you get tremendous joy out of seeing your children successful and your grandchildren successful. And um, that's life. That's the beauty of life. If you ask somebody, I would say, if you ask anybody of my generation, what's the greatest accomplishment you have, I would almost say 100% will say their children. Yeah, I think a lot of them, for sure. Um, So we do have kind of some like quick little questions we want to wrap up with. Should be fun for you both. Uh, All right, so the first one, do you think a woman can ever initiate a relationship by asking a man out? Yes. I mean, we both kind of live by the idea of if you want a successful relationship, the man has to be the aggressor or like you like a little bit more than you like them. That said, like, I think it can happen. Um, It can happen. I don't think it's successful, but I think it can happen. mm -hmm. I think cavemen went after cave women. I don't. I, I, I don't think you're going to change the, the way people date. Men have to be the dominant factor in the relationship starting, and then once the relationship is in, the women the will women have it. Take over the 100%. women are the bosses. hundred percent. hundred percent. But all right. How about this one? Do you think a relationship can work if a woman makes significantly more money than the man? Yeah, a hundred percent. I think it goes back to the the roles thing we were saying. As long as the man is comfortable or not, who cares? Like, yeah, I guess the if the man is the comfortable woman. or the woman is comfortable with the other person being the primary breadwinner and that it's something they talk about right away and not like hold in and bring up later, then I think it's fine. Yeah, I, I think it's tricky uh, if the uh, woman is the the uh, breadwinner in the beginning. But if they t- speak it out, talk it out and uh, say immediately what their roles are in the relationship and they both agree on it, then that's fine. Yeah. Is it tricky, though, because of stereotype or is it tricky because like a lot of women when they have kids like want to be home with their kids and then no, I, I also think it's it's society society yeah. wants the man somehow still even though women are certainly almost 50 50 in all the jobs they're still underpaid uh, versus their male counterpart I, I i think that it's still um your friends you go to out with a couple and then if the woman is the breadwinner it somehow makes the man feel a little less but also who cares that's the man's problem I, yeah but <laughs> well it becomes your problem because if you're living with somebody who has um an inferiority complex but who wants to be with someone who has an inferiority complex that's life though you can't you it's somehow i don't know i'm not sure kimmy i haven't had that situation i'm just just playing well you got a job now grandma gail i don't know if your husband's still working but now you're working (laughs) i'm working and he retired so this is he but he loves it (laughs) (laughs) he said it's my turn he's very happy with it for sure uh all right do you think women should ever offer to pay or go dutch on a date always offer but if they accept if the guy accepts and says we can split it or yeah you can like pay for it then I think it's on the girl to think like is that what I want um or do I want someone to be a little bit more old-fashioned with it I think it's really just preference I also think that if you you know that somebody really can't afford going out for dinner that you should be do definitely split the the check. I mean, I do it with girlfriends, but yeah, I know. Right. My, I mean, I think that's just being considerate, um, and I think you should offer. Uh, and I think also, I think a lot of it has to do with then if you realize that that's the situation, pick a place that's not expensive. If you know that he's going to be want to pick up the bill, you know, there are cute little places that you can just get a taco or a tapas or something that isn't going to break the bank. Yeah, I think like all, I think we agree that you always offer. It's just about right. the way that you offer. A lot of right. times we talk about, we made up these things, the reach versus the look away. So like when you're, the check comes out and you're at a table with, on a date and the check comes and the reach is like you fake reach for your bag and you're like oh can I split it for you with you but you're never actually gonna like take out your wallet <laughs> that's the reach mm-hmm. the look away which like people write in and has have told us that they have had this happen to them I think it's ridiculous but 
where the check comes and then the girl is just like looking around the room, yeah. like yeah, pretending it doesn't even exist. That's like so gross. That's like, so like uncomfortable Larry David to me. Conversation. Yeah. <laughs> so we, we've coined those two things, but definitely do the reach or actually pull out your wallet and like actually split it. Don't just <laughs> fake it. Well, yeah, I've found if they don't stop you on the reach, it's like they got no problem yes. splitting it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like you said, exactly. they see you and they're like, no, they just wave you. They go, no, no, no. I, I got it. Right. I have had totally. guys, because uh, I totally believe in the reach too, but I've had guys not notice me start to do the reach. So then I was, I'm kind of like, oh mm-hmm. shit, like I guess yeah. I am paying half this. And then I go like pull out my credit card and they're like, what are you doing? Put that away. Right. You know, yeah. like, yeah, because men don't take in everything that's mm-hmm. happening. So <laughs> it's all right. It's yeah. all right. What yeah. they do. It's, at least you offered. Yes. It's like <laughs> you're rummaging through your whole bag for 10 minutes trying to get them to notice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, do you think a woman should ever initiate long-term relationship conversations? For example, going on holidays with their family, moving in together, and the marriage and kids timeline. I I actually think, yes, the woman can initiate it if you're in a relationship for a long enough time and you're comfortable with it. Uh, that goes back to now you're in something that you know is good. Uh, and you want to know, is there really a long-term future? And if there, you know, that you have to feel that out with your partner, I think. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that conversation. I don't, I don't think meeting the parents, hopefully you've met the parents before you move in with each other. Right. It's like kind of a nice thing when it comes from them. Like, Hey, I would love for you to meet my, like, that's a nice thing. That said, if it's not happening, I would say like 99% of the time the girl should bring it up because like if the, if you bring it up and they don't want to do it, like at least you know now yeah. versus like mm-hmm. you know what i mean just wa- like waiting for them to say something i think girls are often more like mature and ready to have those conversations so you might as well be the one to bring it up yeah or i think i think it's more telling when you're either anxious about bringing something up or hesitant to bring it up because it's mm-hmm. like your gut kind of knows the answer of even just yes. i've had right. just like inviting someone to a party that was like my friend's mm-hmm. party and I knew they were going to get weird about it. And I got weird. And I was like, yeah. really? Like, but I just, it, but it gives you your answer. I just was like, oh man, after a few months, you can't come to a party with me. Like, then, then this is going it. nowhere, mm-hmm. you know, like, right. it's, you know, I want to have no hesitation of being like, oh my, you know, my parents are in town. Let's just go grab dinner with them. Like, right. no worry 100%. that like, are they going to just not show up? <laughs> well, that's correct. That's correct. Uh, okay. What would you say is the biggest red flag in a partner? You know what? I don't really have any red flags. I what? Every, everything I, I think, say. I, I, I think, well, you have, I have some red flags with your guys. No, no, not that you have. <laughs> like ones that you think and other people oh, would be right. a red flag. Okay. Yeah, just I, I, think of, oh, I think if somebody is selfish, I think if someone doesn't think of you first, that would be a red flag for me. If it's always about him, that would be a Or her. Uh, yeah. I would, or her. That would definitely be goodbye. I'm very big on saying goodbye. Yeah. <laughs> and I really am. I live my life like that. I cut live throat. friendships like that. <laughs> you cut if you if you cross me or you do something mean to my children or something like that, I don't forgive. So it, it's very black and white. I'm not a gray mm-hmm. person. Kimmy's much more gray. She's much nicer than I'm, I am. Everything is gray. There's pros and cons to both. What would you say is the biggest red flag, Kim? What about you? Mine was very similar. I mean, I can think of another one, but I was going to say when someone like doesn't prioritize you. It's yeah. just you know what I mean? Like I, I would prioritize the person I'm with if I was really into them. So I would expect the same. It goes back to the Tylenol oh rule, gosh, like that the, rule. another rule that we have where it's like, um, it started actually with when I was living in Palm beach with my grandma, I was dating a neighbor and I, he was always like, I don't feel so well, whatever. So I'd always go down and bring him Tylenol all the time. And my grandma was like, has he ever brought you Tylenol? Like, why are you always bringing him Tylenol? So then we're like, okay, the Tylenol rule is like, you want, you want to give a hundred and get a hundred back. And that's the relationship that you should be looking for. Not the one where like, you're only the one bringing Tylenol. That's it needs work. Good, it needs Kim. work. No, that's, that's very good. You said it very perfectly. Molly, what'd you say is your biggest red flag? Oh, I would say, I think similarly to you guys, someone who doesn't prioritize or make the time for you because you know if you're I think that goes a lot of ways of like if you're not getting the communication back and if they're not trying to schedule dates with you this person doesn't actually want to go long term with you and the quicker you notice that then the quicker you can avoid more hurt and and getting attached to this person what about you Erica yeah I kind of was thinking reliability would be the general word but the like plans is a very big part of that 
of like, mm-hmm. hey, is this person going to come to things that matter to me? And are they also going to like make a plan and follow through on it? So whether that's a plan of we have a date or that's a plan of uh, helping me out with something or even even their own plans in their life of like being a dependable person, I think also goes a long way. Mm-hmm. But uh, all right. Uh, one of our last ones. What would you say is the biggest dating mistake that you have made in the past? Well, I, I never made any mistakes because I liked all my dates. I liked them. That's an incredible oh, answer. Yeah. <laughs> None. I liked all my dates. I liked all my dates, but I think uh, I think the correct answer probably would be, uh, and I and I hate to say it, is that I listened too much to my parents. My mm. parents always. I never really said no to anything or went against any wishes that they said. So there were a couple of dates that maybe I should have gone out on or been a little more serious with, but my parents put the kibosh on and I, and I let them get away with it. And I probably shouldn't have. Oh, okay. Mine is the opposite. Not listening to my parents enough <laughs> because I think sometimes I let things go on where they're like, you're unhappy and we see that or like he does X, Y, Z and that's bad. And I'm like, oh, I'm not going to listen. And then it's always just a waste of time. So, I mean, that's what happens. It's experience and, and you, and you get that, but you can't explain it to somebody who's going through it. Unfortunately, everyone sort of has to learn on their own. Okay. So we have one final wrap up question for you guys. And it's what's the best piece piece of dating advice that you've ever received? Uh, I, I think put a smile on your face Go out and have a good time. If you if somebody made an effort to ask you out, do the best you can and go home and then think about it. If you don't like them, don't go out another time. But while you're going out with somebody, make it a nice night. Okay. All right. I like that. Kim? I think a lot of the time I'll be like, I don't know if I like this, if I'm going to marry this person or I'll think really far in advance. And it's sort of a similar thing of you say, you know, like if you're happy today and they're nice to you today, like that's all that matters. And, you know, like otherwise you're always going to be worrying about is there like something else out there? It goes back all to the same thing. But I think just like if it's good right now, like that should be enough. Enjoy it. We don't know what's happening tomorrow. Mm I love that. Yeah. Well, this has been so awesome. Thank you guys so much for coming on the show. Uh, Everybody, if you haven't checked us out on Excuse My Grandma, definitely check out our episode and check out all their other work. And you can find them at Excuse My Grandma on Instagram. And you can find Kim at Kim Merstein. And uh, thank you guys so much for coming on and joining us. You can find us at Shooters Gotta Shoot Pod. And I'm at Sparica with two A's. And I'm at the Guaca underscore Molly. And we'll see you all next week. Bye. Bye.